0: up Wastelanders, hello and welcome to Tapes from the Wastes, a Fallout fan podcast bringing you lore, gameplay talk, news discussion and all things Fallout. I'm one of your hosts KDB and later in the episode you will hear as usual from my co-host Eric aka Sulior as he brings you the Fallout lore section of this episode. Uh, Sorry we haven't been able to get an episode out sooner, I've actually been feeling a little ashamed because October has been the Uh, 25th anniversary of Fallout, and the community has been buzzing, really, and yeah, there's been tons of Fallout news, um, some of which I'm going to give my thoughts on today, and yeah, loads of stuff has been happening, but we have been uh, a little bit quieter than I would have liked us to be, but you know, uh, stuff happens, life happens. Uh, Regular listeners will know that both Eric and I are involved with multiple other podcasts, and you know sometimes juggling everything can be uh, a bit of a nightmare Um, (laughs) from my perspective it's frustrating because um, you know when I see all this stuff happening and we're not doing much I kind of feel like I'm letting down listeners of the show by not putting out more content Um, uh, but then at the same time I'm kind of caught in this content creation space where I enjoy so many different things and I'm involved with uh, so many other channels that you know doing this along with you know having a full-time job being a parent and even just trying to relax means that my time for projects is never as much as i'd like it to be um but yeah i have to be honest you know there's times i've considered completely stopping other things and just focusing on you know one aspect or one project that i work on you know whether that's uh, first aid spray my writing, uh, two Carrots podcast or my Gears of War fan account and some other little bits that I do, I've just kind of felt that if any of them are ever going to really flourish then I should probably just focus on one of these things but then you know the fact is I've always been somebody who kind of spreads myself quite thin uh, because I like and enjoy so much different stuff and uh, so yeah it's no surprise I'm sort of in this situation but I just hope that you know, listeners, you can kind of forgive the long gaps between episodes. As I say, both Eric and I do lots of things, so uh, we try to stay on top of tapes from the wastes when we can. Uh, also, it's difficult for us to coordinate schedules as well, uh, with Eric being in the states. And I know I sound like I'm making excuses, but yeah, I just like to try and give content, uh, give context for why there's gaps between our episodes. Um, but we are still here, and I, I'm always thinking about you, <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, If what I will say is if you don't follow us on Twitter, please come and do that already, because we'll, oft, we'll often get involved with, you know, the conversation of everything that's happening in the world of Fallout, and we share things there too, so, uh, but the main thing is that this is a new episode, uh, and there will be a lore section, which Eric is leading today, uh, and then later... Um, well, no, that's going to be later in the episode, yeah. Because first, I'm going to do some new stuff. So the law section today is—it's um, going to focus on the Tesla rifle. So yeah, stick around for that. Uh, before we get to the law, though, as I mentioned, there's been lots happening in Fallout, and I wanted to cover just some of it today because you know there's been a, there's been lots of game updates and things like that. Um, and we're not really a news podcast but there are some substantial stories and when they when they do happen we do like to kind of get involved and just give our thoughts so that's what i'm going to do now um which you know as i mentioned the main thing really is it's been uh october has been fallout's 25th anniversary which yeah has been uh and it just kind of been awe inspiring to see um I have to say I've touched on this before, um, though being involved with a few other gaming fandoms online, <clears throat> excuse me, this past month has been—it's just kind of once again confirmed how the Fallout fan community is by far and away the most friendly, encouraging, welcoming, and enthusiastic set of fans. You know about the franchise. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just mind-blowing to see, really, because. This month, it's not just been kind of about the celebration of Fallout, there's been celebrations of the fans as well, and yeah, there's just been so much going on that's, I would say that there's been too too much to keep up with. You know, I I see as much as I can of it on social media, and I see, you know, people that I've connected with over the past couple of years doing lots of stuff, and then I see new people doing stuff, and yeah, it just seems like there's been something every single day which is, yeah, as I said, awe-inspiring to see. Um, Of course, we've had Fallout for Hope running this month as well, which, uh, for those that don't know, I'm sure most of the listeners do, it's uh, an incredible uh, community cause that raises money for St Jude's Children's Research Hospital, and this has been, it's kind of been a constant throughout the celebrations of the month, Um, you know, with all the usual... Uh, online events and streams that people have been doing and everyone been putting in work to raise the money and I think Eric has actually been streaming for Fallout for Hope as well which is uh, really cool if he hasn't I know he was going to possibly this week Um, yeah but uh, I'll be tweeting about that either way Um, yeah but then also Uh, This month Fallout for Hope have kind of been coordinating fan meets and gatherings which has been awesome to see. Um, These are unfortunately not something that I could attend uh, due to there being a a bit of an ocean between me and the locations but you know that's fine. That being said I was happy to see everyone get together to celebrate Fallout, everyone dressed up with cosplay and things like that. Um, Yeah and the good cause of Fallout for Hope and with uh, fans... Actually, paying their respects to Fallout 76 lead designer Ferret Bodwin who uh, uh, sadly passed away recently. Uh, Ferret was involved uh, involved with community fan projects and somebody who pushed Fallout for Hope too. Um, yeah, so he was well known in the community, and uh, the month so you know this the month has had some ups and downs, but it was just it was really touching to see the tributes to this person who who meant so much to people in the community. Uh, I never had the pleasure of speaking with him personally, uh, but I'd I'd seen him and heard him on community projects, as I say, uh, on streams. Uh, I think I'd seen, I know I've seen him on, um, uh, you know, some of the, like, Law Talk uh, uh, with the Chad podcast and possibly doing voices as well. I might be, I hope I'm not getting confused there, but yes, I know it was a face and name that was sort of, you would see around the Fallout community. And then obviously he was involved uh, with the game development game development side as well so yeah just really sad news Um, kind of uh, yeah it's it's crazy that it happens things like this happen on such a big month for Fallout it's yeah it really puts things into perspective and gets you thinking but um, yeah I'm just very grateful that uh, for all of his work on Fallout 76 and as I mentioned to see the fan Tributes was um, yeah really really touching so yeah thank you Ferret. So yes, that being said, there was plenty of positivity to, to take away from the celebrations of the month. Um, I think, like I say, seeing the way everyone came together and just you know sharing that the way that they're sharing their love for the franchise uh, felt more positive than ever, to be honest. And for a community that is generally 99% of the time positive, yeah, that was really special to see. And then also to see uh, Bethesda themselves and you know the folks at Fallout getting involved in this, you know, sort of you know engaging with people online as well, and also voice actors from the game uh, made it kind of even more special. And I think uh, Bethesda and you know the devs, are, they're very very aware of the fan support for this franchise and it's nice to see them so engaged with the community. Um, I, somebody might correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure Fallout 76 is still its one of the most played games, certainly on Xbox, I know it's always sort of charting in the top, I don't know if it's in the top 20 or something like that. Um, it has a very healthy fan base and for a game that very possibly we might not get a new game for for a franchise that very possibly we might not get a new game for for like wow (laughs) I don't want to say 10 years I mean 10 years is a stretch I mean there's a lot coming from Bethesda obviously Starfield is next Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 we know is happening Um, we do know other devs have been brought on board to help with Fallout 76 so they're kind of plowing away on that um, I don't want to think that the next, safe. let's say Fallout 5, I don't want to think that that is, so what are we now, 2022, I don't want to say Fallout 5 is, you know, 2028, that's kind of a sad thought. <laughs> uh, I think Fallout 5, I mean, it could be 2028 or later, but I suppose what I do think is that uh, the I would be shocked if there wasn't another Fallout game between now and, you know, the end of the decade. Bethesda have a lot going on, Um, but Xbox, with this purchase of them last year, uh, it was last year, wasn't it? I think it was last year. This purchase and, you know, the money that they'll be funneling in, it tells me that they will be kind of recruiting for work on a Fallout game. It would be madness. And I know Obsidian had sort of uh, gave some comments in interviews recently where they talked about working on another Fallout game and they said nothing is in the works, but if they were asked, they would definitely work on one. So there's always a possibility there. Uh, they're also a very busy studio, but it it's weird to think that Microsoft and Xbox would have bought Bethesda with the idea you know we have we have this notion that fran that fallout is one of the biggest franchises that they've acquired through this um, acquisition obviously you know there's the elder scrolls sure and lots of others but fallout is up there and to think that they spent all that money to then not put a fallout game out like within the next 10 years uh that doesn't really make much sense to me so yeah so I suppose what I'm trying to say is uh, <laughs> the game currently has a healthy player base. Uh, the devs are very engaged with the fan community. Fallout is very much alive, and there's lots happening, and it's exciting to think, yeah, uh, what's coming for the future. Um, but for the you know for the the 25th celebration month, I do as I say, I do wish that We Tapes uh, could have done something special, but hopefully just. My my kind of my expression of my appreciation for it all here is something that uh, resonates with other fans uh, who kind of watch from the outside because it can be a bit overwhelming. Um, I'll often think, you know, what, why do we bother doing anything on tapes when there's just so much incredible stuff being done by, by others out there? Uh, and then I'll see encouragement from, like, you know, the so-called big players in the fandom. And it makes me feel welcome again, and it encourages me um so i'm happy to continue contributing content and fan appreciation in our own little space that we have here uh, on the podcast and on twitter uh, but yes just to kind of draw a line on and under, under it um well done everyone yeah for everything this month it really yeah it does make me proud to be a fallout fan Okay, on to other news. So, as I mentioned, there's been you know game updates here and there and events and things. Uh, but uh, a specific game update was updates to Fallout Shelter, which was awesome to see. And, you know, I've just mentioned about the game being the franchise being healthy and stuff happening. Uh, the fact that this game, Fallout Shelter, is still getting support and updates all these years later. All right, it's been kind of a while since the last big one. Uh, but this just shows a brilliant commitment from Bethesda and I know that there's many people out there that have been very excited for this update so uh, I'm yet to try it myself but uh, please I would say uh, go and listen to our Fallout Shelter retrospective from a couple of months back if you haven't yet because there is where you will get more of our thoughts uh, on that brilliant uh, mobile game. Okay I've just had to take a sip of coffee and I think another one because Yeah, I've uh, had a busy day with my son and wife today. My voice is a little bit hoarse. Uh, We went out pumpkin picking, which is, you know, very seasonal (laughs) activity to do. Um, and yeah, so my voice is a bit hoarse from the day. And then now I'm talking for the podcast recording. I can just hear my throat drying out and drying out. So yeah, I'm going (laughs) to keep going, keep sipping my coffee as I go. Do apologize for any sip noises. Um. What was I talking about? So yes, the Fallout Shelter update. That's that's awesome. That's awesome to see. And then, yeah, speaking of still supporting games, so uh, Fallout 4 is going to be receiving a current gen update. Um, I'm just going to read the little excerpt from the Fallout website and then share some thoughts on this. So uh, it says here, Fallout 4 is going next gen. Prepare for the future. A next-gen update is coming to Fallout 4, coming in 2023. This free update will be available for Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 5, and Windows PC systems, uh, including performance mode features for high frame rates, uh, high frame rates quality features for 4K resolution gameplay, bug fixes, and even bonus Creation Club content. Now, this is just—I'm not going to say unbelievable. Like, and, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> this is. I don't know if anybody thought this was coming. I th- I think I would have always liked uh, a next gen or current gen update for Fallout 4, but in recently I kind of felt maybe the ship had sailed. I thought it might have come with you know the launch of the consoles last year. So to get this announcement now is amazing. <laughs> because I like I say I thought the ship had sailed but it's happening this this next-gen uh, slash current-gen update is coming and it's so cool to see that same with Fallout Shelter that all these years later they are uh, still supporting it and I think this tells us a lot about how fallouts being uh, treated behind the scenes at Bethesda it's still very much in the plans the active workload, and yeah despite the fact that the mainline game might be years and years and years away the next mainline game sorry um i do have a series x so i can take advantage of this um and i know graphical updates uh, don't really matter to some people and that's fine um but yeah it's cool to think that this free and it's free a free update coming all these years later and it's just it feels like yeah it's just like here's another reward for being a Fallout fan so yeah really appreciating this. Uh, it's coming to the PS5 too sorry I just had to stop and start my recording there because as I was recording I had a pop up on my laptop that said the computer had run out of system memory which is really strange because I'm hardly running anything <laughs> so that's always good to see. Um, anyway but what I was saying is that the update is coming to the PS5 as well, which is awesome because, you know, uh, Microsoft have acquired Bethesda. Uh, they've made it very clear that Starfield, uh, the next game, is going to be exclusive to the Xbox and PC platforms. It's not coming to PlayStation. But yeah, the, this update will be available to legacy players of Fallout 4 on the P- on the PlayStation side. So what more could you want, really? Um, yeah, great, great news. Looking forward to that update. So yes, one more thing I wanted to talk about before I hand it over to Eric for the law section. So uh, I'm just gonna, I need to make sure I open it here online as well. Uh, so yesterday, the, tw- what was it today? It's the 26th today, yesterday, Amazon tweeted something Uh, They tweeted what appears to be the first official image from the Fallout TV show. Now, this really caught me off guard because I saw this image appear in my feed and I thought... um, First I thought it was fan art that they were sharing and then I looked closer and it looked like um, maybe artwork that they had put together. Um, I'm just going to read their tweet word for word because I think they were celebrating the studio. So Kilter Films, this is the production company uh, producing the show. I think it must be uh, because yeah, they they've tw- they've sort of co-tweeted it with this. Um, but yeah, so Amazon did a congratulations on the you know 25th birthday. And then they said, we made something special for the occasion. And then they shared this image, which if you haven't seen yet, I do encourage you to go look it up online. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Just type in Fallout TV show. Um, so first I thought, oh, okay, they've, they've made a sort of, you know, Amazon have made a piece of artwork. And then I, I kind of scrolled past. And then I went back and looked at it again and I thought, No, like this is a this is a shot from the TV show. (laughs) Um, It is. It looks like the first official shot. It actually looks like it doesn't look like a production still. You know, sometimes when uh, movies and TV shows are coming out, they will release like promo shots that have been taken on set. And it's, you know, it's with a stills camera. It's not like with a, um, you know, it's not with a film camera. Um, It's not like a video camera. But that doesn't appear to be what this is. This doesn't look like a promotional still taken on set that, you know, cast have posed for. What this looks like is it looks like a frame from the show, and I'm gonna assume that this is a frame from the upcoming trailer. You know, it has the aspect ratio, it just has the setup and lighting that it looks like this is a shot. This is a frame lifted from a shot from the show. Uh, It looks finished. I mean, you know, it appears to be graded, you know, that obviously I'm I'm just going to describe it for those who haven't seen it. Essentially, what we're looking at is uh, we're inside what looks like to be a vault. Uh, We can see the backs of three characters sort of in the foreground and yeah, you can see the instantly recognizable vault door and then the vault door is open and there's hu- there's a huge sort of brilliant white light piercing through the vault door and then there is a silhouette of a person stood in the vault door that I'm gonna say, it's hard to tell but it looks like they've got a holster, it looks like they're possibly holding a gun or they might have a pit boy on their wrist yeah it's either, it's either a pit boy on their wrist or they're holding a gun, uh, looks like they've got shoulder pads on, uh, it's very possibly this is, it could be a raider, it could be a character like that, the, the characters in the foreground are all wearing vault suits that have got a 33 on the back, uh, one of them has their hands up to their mouth, I guess in shock, one of them looks like they're wearing a neck brace uh, which is quite interesting. Um, keen to know more about that there's also some legs on the floor which have looks like there's a body out of view either dead or sleeping <laughs> I'm gonna assume dead but um, yeah it's an awesome shot and it looks like it's lifted straight from the show uh, If this if, if this is a shot in the show I'm very happy uh, this doesn't look like it needs work the lighting is great the composition is great i'm just yeah kind of blown away by this image really and it's one frame you know people might say oh don't get too excited it's just one frame and it's like sure okay um but this image i think tells us so much about the show uh if you look at this you can instantly see uh realistically that this is going to be a faithful show now There have been set leaks and and things like that. There's been photos that have leaked from the production, which we don't really talk about. They're out there if you want to go look at them. What I will say is I have seen them. Um, They are, I would say, they're good. (laughs) Seeing those leaks fills me with more confidence about the show, particularly with how faithful it's going to be to uh, the the Fallout universe. and yeah, and I think this frame, if we even if we ignore the leaks completely, if you forget anything you've seen in the leaks and you just look at this picture, it tells you so much about how the show is going to be faithful. This looks like it's lifted from the games. Uh, the texture is there, the details in the characters, you know, in their costumes. And, you know, just the way that this, what this is a shot of, of the, I'm assuming the door has just opened and then the light coming in, you know, this is... This is Fallout 3. This is what happens. You know, this is um, the vault opens and the screen, uh, uh, you know, the screen is like bleach white and your eyes are adjusting to the sun. And that's what this shot is trying to tell me, uh, in my opinion. This is taking influence from that moment of the games, of the opening of the vault. And I think they've absolutely nailed it. It's like, okay, it's not from a character's point of view because this is a TV show, it's not gonna be a first-person perspective TV show. Uh, there may very well be sections of it that are, but, you know, what they've done with this shot, yeah, this really makes me feel like the show is in great hands, and I put a tweet out yesterday that I am, um, sorry, it's coffee sip time. I really hope that the, um, the fandom rallies behind this show uh, because I've, I had some really negative experiences as a Resident Evil fan with live action adaptations. But I will tell you what this one frame reminds me of is uh, just under a year ago uh, when they released one single frame from The Last of Us HBO show which had uh, the two actors standing like on a hillside and in the distance was a plane wreckage in a field. And I'm not even a huge Last of Us fan but um, I saw that frame and instantly I was like that's capturing the atmosphere of that game. I could tell it was and I'm not even a hardcore fan. This is what this Fallout frame reminds me of. It's in line with that level of um, attention to detail and yeah what's gone from in the early days is ah can you really make a Fallout TV show work? I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I'm excited and intrigued, but I was sort of trepidatious as well. Now, I'm just, I'm all in. Like this, yeah, (laughs) I'm sold purely on this shot and I can't wait to see a trailer to see more. I'm gonna try to rein in my hype, but yeah, I don't know how, as a Fallout fan, you can't look at this single frame and get excited about the show Uh, and the cast as well. It's a great cast that's been announced. So yeah, I'm all in, Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this it's starting to look really really promising so yeah i'm going to stop rambling now uh with all that said I, it's time to move on to the lore section of the podcast and i'm going to hand over to sulior uh who is going to tell you the story of the tesla rifle and i'll be back at the very end for a quick sign off uh, but until then please enjoy fallout Law on the tesla rifle
1: All right, so today we are talking about the Tesla Rifle. So the Tesla Rifle is a weapon that really didn't show up until the Automatron DLC for Fallout 4. But what it is, is it's a weapon that fires electricity. So, you know, the uh, <laughs> the name comes from, of course, Nikola Tesla, uh, who was the... Uh, rival of thomas edison when it came to the different types of um, electricity and and whether they're useful or dangerous Uh, definitely go look that up if you're interested that's a whole other ordeal but uh, yeah that it's a weapon that shoots electricity and one of the nice things about this is that it can jump from different jump between different targets So, yeah, I actually use this weapon quite a bit in Fallout 76, but uh, especially with events like uh, Moonshine Jamboree and uh, Rad Rumble. Uh, Yeah, I I use it a lot because it uh, definitely gets you the experience points. So, this weapon runs on fusion cells. And yeah, it has... uh, in uh, Automatron specifically, it bears the unique lightning legendary effect um so this legendary effect basically yeah basically this uh lightning uh, legendary special effect for automatron is it fires an electrical charge that arcs between targets so that is unique to the tesla rifle in fallout and uh, fallout 4 almost at fallout 76 so due to this arcing nature with the tesla rifle it's capable of damaging multiple enemies at once that's uh, yeah that's one of the best things about the tesla rifle um, but it has a limited range so it's an ideal choice for close range crowd control So if you're dealing with a bunch of feral ghouls in Fallout 4, uh, that'd be the weapon to go with. So here's some notes here for um, Automatron. Uh, Victims killed by a critical strike are turned into a blue ash pile. Similar to that with the Institute laser weapon. That still happens in Fallout 76. For charging variants, the weapon glows a greenish-yellow color when fully charged. The origin of the light itself isn't clear, and it is easy to miss if you don't know what to look for uh, or in certain lighting. The rifle variant takes approximately three seconds to charge. So the commander perk affects the uh, automatic barrel, and other barrels are affected by the rifleman perk when using the rifle in a crowded place the shot that hits the enemy can arc between a friendly npc as well um so be careful with that you don't want to get a uh, the whole settlement pissed at you if you're defending a settlement um let's see also the charging shotgun barrel sometimes does full damage at any distance because the shots may all jump to one target and then to the next Shots in VATS with a charging barrel deal full charged damage, that's helpful. Critical strikes increase the arc distance slightly and increase the arcing damage as well. So if you're dealing a critical strike, uh, yeah, that, uh, it does change that, that's, uh, that's a neat little inclusion there. The Tesla rifle offers the highest damage per shot for all weapons that use fusion cells fusion cells not shells as ammunition the tesla rifle is one of the most efficient weapons in survival mode offering high damage and using very lightweight ammunition so per pound without damage boosting perks and with the charging barrel the weapon can deal around 3000 points of damage per pound of fusion cells so by comparison a hunting rifle deals 870. So, uh, yeah, that's it for Automatron. Let's talk about Fallout 76 here. So, of course, as I mentioned, I use the Tesla rifle quite a bit in Fallout 76 for specific situations. So, I mean, it doesn't deal as much damage as my... uh, anti-armor Gatling gun that I like to use but I still use this quite a bit for specific events as I mentioned like rad rumble and moonshine jamboree when I'm trying to level up so it says here the Tesla rifle fires electricity that deals damage deals full damage to the initial enemy before it chains for less damage to nearby enemies so I guess when you're uh, when it's arcing to other enemies, it doesn't deal as much damage per consecutive target that it tags. So the chain lightning effect will deal 35% less damage for each successive target. The first target uh, chain target will deal 65% of the the Tesla rifle's full damage, and the second chain will take 42.5% of the Tesla's full damage so yeah i really it's not about the damage output if for me at least it's more about the tagging the enemy so i get the experience points for them being killed so the weapon has an aiming radius more like a shotgun so it's wider than other rifles but i don't think it you know i mean i guess also with the right with the uh, shotgun it's it doesn't have as much range as other weapons. So um, got some crafting here. So if you're trying to craft a level 50 Tesla rifle you'll need 16 adhesive, 11 circuitry, 8 crystals, uh, 7 nuclear material, 15 plastic, 19 screws, and 25 steel. So that's uh, uh, quite a bit of, of uh, crafting materials there. But there are some pretty neat um, there's a, my particular um, uh, tesla rifle that i use also has a silver shroud paint on it so i think that's kind of cool um, there's quite a few mods that you can um, get with the tesla rifle and <laughs> I uh, recently encountered uh, some sort of bug in the game or glitch, or um, I guess I should say feature. I don't want to offend anybody. But I was recently doing the alien event uh, at this warehouse area, and I came across the words chains in the game. Like It was actually written out and crossed with each other. Um, I took a picture of it and I posted it in Discord at the, uh, ASA podcasting Discord. Um, and I guess it's just something that happens when there's tons of people using Tesla rifles. Uh, sometimes it happens. But, uh, I thought it was kind of funny. I just like, wait a minute, what am I, uh, looking at here? So, in, I guess in survival mode, um, you can also have a nightlight that's attached to, uh, Uh, Tesla rifle, but there are some mods that you can get for the Tesla rifle. Also there's the semi-automatic barrel, there's the automatic receiver, there's the charging barrel, there's the charging shotgun barrel, and the charging lob barrel. So I will say that I did do the automatic receiver with the Tesla rifle once and I really didn't like it because it, it does fire a bunch of shots at once but you're through those shots really quickly it's it's like your reload uh, rate is very fast if you've got it uh, fully automatic but it is an option um so you can find plans for the tesla rifle in the brotherhood of steel vendor bot phoenix in the watoga shopping plaza and sometimes it's dropped by death claws, and it's sometimes dropped by boss chests. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you where I got it from. I've had it forever. But yeah, um, there are some bugs um, that you can encounter with the Tesla rifle, so it may occasionally drop uh, without a sight attachment. Um, the Charging station, I'm sorry, charging shotgun tesla rifle is not considered a shotgun, okay. Uh, When fired at surfaces, arc damage always deals 35% of damage to the initial chain target and another 35% of, another negative 35% damage on top of that. um, When fired at enemies, um, so the automatic charging and charging shotgun barrels are added or subtracting the weapon damage itself instead of modifying damage sometimes uh, due to the to to this glitch um, sorry due to this uh, glitch tesla rifles that spawn at levels 1 through 39 have a base damage of 0 uh, sometimes now these now these are bugs these aren't things that are that happen all the time it's just some, occasionally sometimes something like this happens uh sometimes when charging uh or charging shotgun barrel, an uncharged uh direct impact is reduced by more than fifty percent. Um, the arc damage is unaffected by the uncharged modifier and will deal more damage than the uncharged direct impact. Um, any Tesla rifle may leave a lingering developer marker uh, text chain at points of impact instead of uh, anticipated visual effects. This is what I was mentioning earlier with the, uh, the uh, alien event. So I guess somebody shot that point with the Tesla rifle and the text uh, chain just appeared at that instead of the visual effects, uh, the chaining effects. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Uh, the chain effect is coded as an explosion sometimes and is affected by the Gren- Grenadier perk. Um, so as of Steel Dawn, the Tesla rifle no longer has a bugged charge data. Um, as a result, the non-charging variants will deal less damage and the charging variants will actually add damage when charged. And, uh, finally, sometimes when reloading in third person at the same time moving sideways, the reload animation will bug out and the character will appear facing downwards for a second. Um, yeah, the only one that I, uh, the only one of these out of the list that I've encountered personally is the text marker with chain. Um, anyway, that really is it as far as the Tesla rifle. Um we'll see what happens next with it. So anyway, I'm going to hand this back over to Kelsey and I will see you all in the wasteland.
0: Thanks so much to Suleor for the law section of this episode. Uh, I hope you learned something about the Tesla rifle. I know I certainly did. And thank you to everyone for listening. Um, Be sure uh, to come and follow us on, on Twitter, as I mentioned earlier for, and interact with us and talk more about Fallout and get involved with the podcast. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a star rating on Spotify, or just come and tweet us some lovely comments and uh, we'll share them here on the show too. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at tftwpod. You can find me on Twitter at k underscore d underscore b underscore and Eric is at engold08. I will be back with another episode very soon. I promise it's not gonna be another month long wait. I already have it planned out. So yeah, I look forward to that. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay safe out there, wanderers.